Blog Talk Radio. Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and welcome to Small Business IT Radio at our regular weekly time slot at noon East Coast time, 9 a.m. Pacific time, here on blogtalkradio.com. I'd like to thank the folks at Blog Talk Radio for giving us this great service to uh, share our thoughts and feelings and advice to the small business IT community on a weekly basis. Again, go to blogtalkradio.com. You can set up a you can set up an account today and get uh, you know get a podcast going, even if it's just something you're sending out to your local community or broadcasting throughout the world like we do here on Small Business IT Radio on a regular weekly basis. Again, my name is Stuart Crawford, and we are in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. we got a great panel uh, assembled today talking about, you know, what do the top 10% of the IT firms out there, well, the top 10% IT firms in the, in, the, in the world do differently than what maybe some of us are that are continuously struggling. You know, don't get me wrong, we all have our struggles you know, we do have to deal with capacity, we may have to deal with the economy and things that are out there. But these companies in that 10%, it doesn't matter if the economy is uh, going down the toilet fast or if it's, uh, you know, capacity challenges. These guys just have a way of, of getting around that and, and, and figuring out different ways to um, to adopt in the marketplace. So we're going to talk about that for the next, uh, oh, you know, 60 minutes or so on Small Business IT Radio. Go to our website, smallbusinessitradio.com today. Check out what we got happening. And uh, you know, download us and listen to us as you're working out in the gym. So we got, uh, like I said, we got three great guys uh, brought together today for this uh, for this program. I want to introduce uh, all my friends from our my HTG3 peer group. All these guys are a part of the Heartland Technology groups and actually sit on my peer group. So first, I'd like to uh, introduce uh, from Hayes, Kansas, Mr. Steve Riot. Steve, uh, tell us a little about yourself and uh, your company. Yeah, I'm uh, Steve Wright. I'm the sales manager for Nextech. Uh, we're a uh, $36 million company that uh, does not only IT services, but we're also the telephone company, the uh, Internet provider, and we actually own a pretty large interest in a wireless company. So we, we, we're kind of the, uh, what our term is, is the power of one for Western Kansas. So uh, if it's technology, you, you come stop by us, and uh, we can take care of it uh, from end to end. Right, and welcome, uh, welcome, Steve. Uh, and the next person is uh, the next two guys are actually uh, been on the sh- been on the program before. Mike Fafinski from Cyand out of Minneapolis uh, joins us today. Mike, tell us a little about Cyand and uh, and yourself. Uh, Cyand is a uh, um, about a million and a half dollar company out of Minneapolis. Our focus is uh, working with small businesses, kind of in the more of the cutting edge kind of uh, applications that are uh, exist in the marketplace right now, with a particular focus in the education as well as the financial markets. Great, and welcome, Mike. And uh, last but not least, uh, a very good friend of mine, a uh, very good friend of uh, Small Business IT Radio, Mr. Jody Hicks from Heartland Technology uh, Solutions, uh, out of the Ames I.O. office. Tell us a little Heartland, Jody, and uh, and your role in the company. Uh, Heartland Technologies, we're located in, uh, well, by the way, hi, Stuart. Good morning to everyone. Uh, we are located in uh, five states. We've got eight locations, somewhere right around 80 employees, uh, approaching the $20 million mark in sales. And uh, we, we basically work with anything that has to do with technology, from infrastructure to security to everything in between. 
And my, my uh, position is I am an account manager and also a location manager, and the location is Ames, Iowa. Well, welcome. Good morning to all of you. And uh, again, my name is Stuart Crawford. And um, so before we get started, I wanted to just kind of remind those that are listening to us live on uh, Blog Talk Radio that we do have the, the Java chat session open, and the phone lines are open for phone calls at area code 646. 716-8372. Feel free to dial in and ask questions. So, gentlemen, the topic today is cracking the 10%. We all uh, have done some great things in our business. We've done a few things that, yeah, we could have done a little differently. But overall, the the three of you guys seem to be very successful at what you do. Jody, maybe I'll ask you the first question. Uh, you and I have shared some common interests around uh, certain uh, books and literature and things that are out there. But what unique skill sets do you find important uh, for an IT professional, either in sales or technical, that they, these guys, they just have to have these core skills. And, and when you have these core skills, hey, those doors and opportunities open up for you. What would those be? Well, I think the two basic skills that I see, and like you said, it can be um, whether that's the service, the administration, the sales side, I really think the two major skills are being able to build the relationship with the client. And that's, that's a big thing that I'm always uh, harping on is that the client really doesn't just want you to be there to fix their technology woes or help them out. They want you to know they re- that you really care about their business. And again, that doesn't matter if, if they're the person working on it or fixing the issue or the person such as myself that's consulting with them and trying to figure out what solutions there are out there to help them. They want to know that you really care about them and especially with the economic conditions the way they are right now, they really want to know that you're going to sit on that side of the table with them and, and have their best interest in, my, in mind. And I think the second thing, the second skill that I see, and, and it's, it's general, but I, I think this another very important one is that uh, I tell people having a job in technology, it's not a job, it's an obsession. Uh, you, you can't think that you're going to put an 8-to-5 uh, job in and, and go home and just shut off at night. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be 24-7 for them either, but it's got to really be an obsession. It's got to be something you love, else you're going to get burnt out in the industry pretty quickly because it is always changing, and, and, and you're always having to push yourself and, and find new solutions and, and really be out there at all times for them. So, Mike, what do you guys do in Minneapolis to separate yourselves from you know the, the 80% or the 90% that's out there today? Um. One of the things that we, you know, one of the things that I think that we try to do a good job at is we we do that the, the bell curve of acceptance, um, and we try to match up technologies that are on the front end of the curve, and try to find applicable applications in our client set that we can utilize that. So a good example of that would be, you know, if it's a internet utilization device, which is now becoming more, uh, you know, more prevalent in society, or email archiving is another good example. We, we try to, to kind of get a good idea of where things are going initially, where they're at in, that, in that, uh, that acceptance curve, and then start talking to clients about it right away. That way we're, we're creating that partnership up with that client, and just to kind of go on what Jody was talking about, it's all about um, it's all about partnerships at this point. With the economy being what it is, if you're an operations-minded, transaction-oriented uh, IT company, I just I think it's going to be much harder to find success right now. So having those partnerships and presenting good um, tech, 
technology solutions to clients and having the passion to find those new technologies that are out there is always going to be a good way to find success. And Steve, you mentioned in your uh, preamble there that uh, Next Tech does more than just IT services. You're the phone company, the wireless people. I mean, you got a big geography in Western Kansas there. What are you, are you guys like the incumbent there, or or is competition still fierce enough that you guys got to practice uh, daily uh, skills that make Next Tech a success in the marketplace? Well, I, I think that there's a lot of things that focus around, you know, you know, uh, 10 years ago when I started doing this, we we were kind of the, the, the small guy, and, and, you know, we were battling the big guys or the Internet companies also. And over those 10 years, we've grown into that big guy, and there's this almost this this thing out there where people don't want to do business with the big guy. They want to do business with the smaller company, and so we spend a lot of time focusing our efforts on making sure that we we haven't forgot the little people, and I hate to call them little people because that's not really what they are, but people sometimes get that feeling that their their business isn't big enough or their job's not big enough for a larger company, and yet those are the people that are the core of our business. And so a lot of one-to-one time spent with uh, people to make sure that they understand it. And the second piece of that is, is with so much technology, there is just, you know, our our time is spent understanding the technology but communicating it in a way that business owners can understand and appreciate that can help their business not kind of get stuck into this tech talk where we're talking about, you know, IP schemes and things that business owners really don't care about. They want to know how to help their business. So kind of two things there, Stuart. Great. Thanks, Steve. And all of you guys are all members of the HEG3 peer group that I'm a, a member of. Uh Steve, maybe keeping with you, how important is it to have um, you know peers to your overall success and the success of Nextech? Uh, it's it's been you know instrumental. Um, you know, I, I would draw out specifically our managed services offerings. Is that it is impossible if we had a this wall up to really come up with new and unique solutions for our client set. But you know, we I can spend two days with a peer group and come back with. 10 new ideas, and of course the ideas alone don't equal execution. So not only do I come up with the 10 new ideas, but then I'm held accountable for it. So to make sure that we take it to market. So I think it's a, you know, again, two more things that add to it is that the peer group's absolutely key to making sure it all works together. And and Jody, your, uh, your boss is the leader of our group there. Um, do you feel that there's a little bit of extra pressure on uh, on Jody to perform? Um. <laughs> yes and no, because uh, do, you, do, you, do you really want to answer that question? I guess is, the way is, to look is, at it. can you tell me if he's listening right this moment? That would be the best question. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I really, I don't see Arlen so much as as a boss, and I know I've related this to everybody who's who's on the phone with me here. He he's a mentor, he's a father figure, he is. And just like that person, I, I never want to let that person down. I mean, we've been through thick and thin. I've been with him for 12 years and, and gone through quite a few changes in my life. And so, you know, as, as being an HDS employee, yes, he, he does maybe look at me to make sure that things are getting done. But, but even beyond that, I make sure that I'm getting things done because worse than having HDS have a black eye, I don't want to have a black eye for Arlen. And so it's even, it's much more personal than that. And, and I think that's very, uh, common for, for HTS and, and probably a lot of other 
organizations our size is that, you know, it's that, that relationship, just like we say we need with our clients, we have that inside of our walls also. Yeah, for sure. And sorry if I put you on the spot there, but, you know, you and I, and I'm sure, I'm sure everybody here looks up to, uh, you know, everybody in our peer group as, uh, as a mentor and as a friend and as a, somebody you can, a confidant and somebody you can tie into. I mean, I look at Steve and he gave me some great ideas for marketing and, you know, we're up for a, a Microsoft award this year because of an idea that Steve had last year. And uh, so, I mean, that's how we all work. And uh, it really, and you know, we had the guys on from the Go-Giver here a few weeks ago talking about that kind of stuff. And I'm sure the peer groups, and it doesn't matter if you're an uh, HTG or if you're in tech or any other peer group. I think, Mike, if you uh, maybe solicit your feedback here, is the successful 10% of us out there that are in the marketplace get this and uh, are not afraid to open up and share what's bothering us and what our success stories are. No, not at all. I mean, I think it's part, I think sharing information with each other uh, will make you more successful. And sharing, you know, I get a lot of information from yourself and from Steve and from Jody and from other members of the HTG group as well as just other business owners in general uh, to always make your business more successful. I was going to say that, you know, being a business owner, and you probably know this as well as anybody else does, it, you kind of you get this feeling that you're on an island, and you're kind of in it by yourself. And good entrepreneurs sometimes feel like they're kind of cowboys and that they have to, that the way that things are meant to be done is, is their way, and that's not necessarily the right way. And uh, being in a peer group, what it's allowed me to be is it's allowed me to have a more mature attitude toward the business as well as not one that's driven by ego, but one that's driven by practicality. Uh, so some things that I make decisions on are ridiculously stupid. Uh, don't laugh too much, guys. And then... Uh, We've heard this all before, Mike. But it's not new to us. <laughs> I know, no kidding. And then other decisions that I've made have worked out well. So, I mean, peer groups are awesome in that way. And sharing information, I think success in life is not... Holding your hands or holding your holding yourself close to your chest. It is sharing of ideas and values and beliefs with others around you. It's just the way. That if you want a successful life, that's what you need to do. So, I mean, I, I totally, I totally agree with you, Mike. And sharing is uh, the key to success. I mean, you just have to go to my blog, uh, StuartCrawford.com, over the last couple of days and, and talk and talk about that, as well as the next topic around relationships. Now, remind me, one of you guys remind me later to talk about blogging because all, all four of us do have active blogs as well. But uh, the value of relationships. Steve, maybe over to you. How important are your vendor relationships? Oh, you know, we talked about the peer groups and the importance of that, but the vendor relationships specifically. How important are having strong ties with your vendors? To your success, and I don't give. And I, and I know, I know, I know, I know what you're going to say. But also, before you answer that, for those people that don't understand the value of your, of your relationship with your vendors, really pay attention here. Uh, Steve, what, do you, what, what does Next Tech do differently than maybe the other IT shops around uh, Western Kansas? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm actually working on that uh, this month. Is uh, we we started a year ago after modeling a program after Heartland Technology is to meet with our vendors once a year to plan out the following year. And we only meet with a key uh, vendors. Um, and this year, uh, we have six of them that will be at our meeting. It's a one-day meeting. Everybody attends all day. But the key is to lay out not only marketing programs, 
but uh, training programs for both sales and technical directions those companies are going, and then we can align those with directions that our company wants to go. And then, of course, there's alignments between technologies. Uh, so, you know, if you have a firewall company and a PC company and Microsoft, say, you know, all three of those are non-competitive. They clearly could have an alignment because they're all involved in the same solution for a customer. But, you know, one of the things that we sent out in our uh, invite this year was, uh, I'm going to give a couple examples, um, was we have a company that provides our wiring and cabling for us. Uh, last, two years ago, we, we did about $200,000 in total revenue with them. Um, this year, we are going to quadruple that number. Um, so a pretty large impact for both them and us. Uh, another example that, that may be included with that would be our relationship with Lenovo. Um, we have tenfold our volume with Lenovo. So clearly, we're both seeing wins here. Um, because we've done a lot of marketing and a lot of things to drive the markets, but not only that, but the vendor has seen benefit out of it because they can see the volume increase. So just two specific examples of not only you know how well this has worked, but how we plan on continuing to use it in the future. And, Mike, what are you guys doing from a vendor relationship side at Cyan there, in knowing that, uh, you know, uh, I think on a scale of things, Cyan will be the probably the smallest company on this panel, but growing. Uh, what is what is it that you guys do over other uh, IT shops in Minneapolis, St. Paul? Uh, we put a lot of focus on a couple particular vendor relationships. Our largest vendor per se is to actually Ingram. So we work we we talk consistently with Ingram. We are we have uh, been migrating away from our previous hardware relationship to to Lenovo at this point uh, with some HP mixed in as well. And so we're focusing a lot of our energies into the Lenovo relationship as well as Ingram. We have pre-existing relationships that are strong with both Microsoft and Sonic Wall. So uh, we are the smallest on this panel, and we are going to be instituting more of the not an on-site visit with all of our vendors this year, but we are gonna, we're in the process right now of creating sales and marketing strategies for next year. And then we'll be talking to our vendors in regards to areas that we can work together together. Uh, uh, to fulfill those marketing and sales strategies. Okay, that uh, sounds great, Mike. And Jody, you guys are kind of the the leader in this, I would say. Uh, you know, to have, to have a five-minute discussion with Arlen, and you know the importance of vendors have for HTS. Uh, exactly. But maybe give us the whole, you know, the whole thing around the event. Uh, you guys do some unique stuff there. And, I mean, Steve already mentioned how he took some of the leadership of you guys. We're doing the same thing here. Um what being the pioneer, what are you guys what are you guys looking at next? That you, that you well, can share I, with us. <laughs> well, and again, you know, that, that yearly meeting with, with the vendors is and, and our distribution, which we consider them a close vendor also. Um the, the relationships is just incredible and, and we're taking it to the next step where they're holding us more accountable to those plans and we're holding them accountable and, and to what they're promising and what they're saying for us. And, and through that, you know, it, it's getting to the point where you almost have monthly or, or, or almost weekly phone conversations or meetings with those, with those uh, partners that we have out there. And, and most people know our, our major partners are Microsoft, SonicWall, and HP, and, and those are our go-to people. And, and then uh, Ingram is it's kind of the head of all that for us. And so, you know, helping combine and, and working those three companies and four companies, I'm sorry, and helping maybe make marketing 
not just a Microsoft or an HP event, but making it a global event for all of our partners and, and HTS throughout all of our locations. So we really get the power of everybody working together. And I think just building on that synergy and, and moving forward as to, uh, as to how we're going to market it even more into the future. And the guys, I mean, probably we can all agree on this one topic here. And vendors are something near and dear to my heart. I mean, that's my one of my critical roles here. My company is to work with our vendors. I just spent a whole day yesterday in Toronto, purely focused on vendors. And went from, it's kind of funny because I started off with a phone call. It says I need you to be in Toronto this day to help us with the launch of a new product. And there wasn't a yes or no. It says when do you need me there? What time? And get me in. What, what flight do you want me on? There wasn't a no in there. No never even came to mind. And then uh, it just happened to be that Dell had a launch, an event in Toronto yesterday, too, so I swung over there and met with some of my key Dell folks, uh, and then um, more Microsoft stuff throughout the day. But, you know, I invested a whole day to be in Toronto, which is 2,000 miles away from here, just to go in and spend that time. It's, it's critical. So, I mean, vendor relationships to me are, are something that you continuously have to work on. And what I find, uh, Steve, maybe you can offer some input here from you on this, is a lot of the vendors – or a lot of the partners out there seeing that they're the um, they're like that guy you know sitting on the pier in Seattle who's a little down on his luck with his handout always wanting handouts and you know not willing to do anything uh, to get that handout. I, I, am I on the way, right wavelengths here with that? So I think what you're saying is you know you have to perform. Yeah. Is that what you're getting to? Yeah, absolutely. Is that you know you can't. Say, you know, hey, give me $5,000 for marketing money, and I promise I'll go do this event. You know, that'll probably work once. But you have to kind of do this process, and I know that, you know, by no means do I think we have the process worked out, or process, as Stuart would say. But the point (laughs) being is that, you know, you have to not only have the event and invite the, the vendor to be there, but then you have to follow up with this is how many leads we generated, this is the pipeline from this event, this is what we closed that equaled revenue. And that's the important part is that, you know, people aren't just giving you money so that, you know, they can feel good about it. You know, it, it would be, you know, what did you do for me that is a reason that I'd give you money again? And, and I know with our partners, we've become the go-to guys is that every time they have a marketing uh, money or they need a new product marketed or they need a new solution out in the marketplace, they come to us and say, okay, we've got four grand. This is the product we want to do. What, what should we do together? How are we going to put this whole solution together? And how's our, how are we going to get a return on our investment? And, of course, that's a win-win, and that's the important part is we both have to win. Next Tech, my company, has to sell more product, more solutions, and make margins. The vendor has to sell more product and solutions so that they make money. And, of course, the customer wins because they get something that's different and unique. So it's, it's, it's just a triple win. Okay, so let's – I mean, we all important, uh, understand the importance of vendors and found out, you know, how we go to market together. And also I think the other component, Mike, uh, on this is you have, to be a, you have to be candid and be able to share good feedback on, on what's working and what's not working with them. I think communications is critically important. Uh, and that's what the 10% of us do really well. Is we, com- I would say, we almost over communicate. Uh, and what's your what's your feelings on communication? And what does Cyan do to communicate things with the clients and with your vendors and with everybody that interacts with you? Uh, I think where our strength lies more in any other areas in prioritization. Um, I mean, in in regards to communicating communicating effectively to our clients. 
in regards to those things that need to be communicated to them on an immediate basis, taking care of those things with vendors that we need to take care of, internal employees that need to be taken care of. Um, the fact is, is that all of us, there's only 24 hours in a day. And frankly speaking, all four of us could be sitting here doing work 20 of the 24 hours and trying to catch a nap for the other four hours um, and just doing work. So it really becomes an issue of prioritization and doing what things need to be taken care of immediately and doing good customer follow-up as part of that. That's how you create partnerships. That's how you create wins on the sales side. That's how you create wins with your vendor relationships as well. When they need it, you get there and you get them the information quickly and you prioritize things. And I was going to add to that that it's setting expectations. I'll call you two weeks from today, and then you right. have to. And setting those expectations of when you're going to communicate next so that, you know, whether it be even a vendor or a client, they don't have this anticipation that you're going to call them tomorrow, and then your anticipation is that you're going to call them two weeks from now. Well, if that happens, the client thinks you failed them, even though you have no clue that, you, you know, you failed them. Yeah, I mean, a good example of a, an operational failure in that area, if, if, if I could uh, jump in here real quick, is this mentality of, I'll get to you when I got something to tell you about. And I cannot tell you in the past, how, you know, in, in, past, in our past struggles, uh, we had clients calling me up saying, hey, I'm asking for something, and I'm still waiting on something, and I haven't heard from the tech or heard from you, Mike. Well, we changed our mentality around that. I mean, making them wait until there's something to tell them isn't, isn't a way to take care of the problem. way to take care of the problem is even if there isn't something to respond, that you're doing a good job of communicating back to the client, the vendor, the employee, et cetera, where they're at in the process, even if there's nothing to report. Great. Well, I mean, it's good good conversation. Joe, do you have anything you want to jump in there with? Well, I think uh, with the communication of the client, I'm, I'm actually just doing this now. We, it, Everybody needs a good CRM package to make sure that uh, it, it makes it easier because, like Mike said, I mean, there's only so many hours in the day, and I don't know about you guys, but my wife does expect me to be home every once in a while with the kids too. So I use uh, we use ConnectWise, which is our CRM package here, and, and I'm constantly going in there. I evaluate the clients on an ABC or level, and I'm, I'm using the, the product to do some of the – the legwork for me to, to shoot emails out on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, however often that needs to go out. So they are getting a touch from me also. Maybe it's not as personal as a phone call, but at least you're communicating with that client and, and you make them know, hey, I'm thinking about you because of this. And I think that's important, even if it's not something that they think right now they need, staying top of mind with the client is very important. Yeah, what, are some of, what, what strategies do you guys use, Jody, to uh, keep in touch with your clients, uh, even if, if it's electronically or verbally? You know, and, and I'm, I'm taking my lead from uh, the vice president of sales here, Larry Heaton. You know, email is a wonderful tool, but it, it's something that I use when it needs to be documented on what's being discussed. But it should never take the place, and I'm, I'm trying to do more and more phone conversations and when possible even face-to-face just because you can build a stronger relationship, I think, and you can hear so much more with, you know, everybody knows that uh, uh, communication, only a small percentage is the words, a lot of it's body and, and a lot of it's uh, how they say the words and things like that. And I'm trying to get away from using email as much as we've done in the past and doing more and more uh, of the, like I said, the telephone and then the in-person. And I think even 
taking it one step further, not only with our clients and our vendors, but even internally, which is one of the places where I think really falls off and think, well, I'm just going to shoot this email off and instead of having to sit down with this employee about the situation. I think you can really build a lot of loyalty with your, cust- with your, with your staff if you take the time, maybe take them out for lunch or even just make 15 minutes to sit down with that person. There are other ways as well. I mean, HTS is great at getting newsletters out and doing blogs and, and uh, you know, doing seminars and things like that. I think the constant communication to make sure that that client doesn't feel like they're just a client but that they're a partner of yours is really paramount. And it, it, it goes even beyond, beyond the, the email and the phone and the in-person communication. We need to, as IT organizations, we're in an economy being what it is, partnerships are truly the most important thing. And we need to always find a way to get our, our message out to our clients. So, I mean, it's all, it's all good, guys, and, you know, communicating and all that great stuff. And, I mean, just remind me that I had to do something today. Jody, I agree with you. Email does definitely suck. I, I really start. I'm really, start not, I'm really not liking it now. And uh, I mean, I'm even mandating with my uh, account reps that you got to get out and face to face these guys. You know, it's we've gone to this kind of impersonal world, and um, I, I fully believe that co- the companies out there that master that and make that 10% are the ones that master those people skills. So. Jody, you and I uh, had a chance to uh, talk with Keith Ferrezzi uh, a couple weeks ago, and we both, I've, you know, I'm just starting to read the uh, Never Eat Alone book. You've read it, but Keith yeah, talks it's about it's one of those the, books that I, uh, one of those books that I bring back into the stack about every six months. Well, Keith talks about in this book the importance of having, uh, layering your personal relationship and your business relationship, melting them into uh, one relationship. I, you know, we talk about relationships with vendors, we talk about relationships with clients, but we really never talk about what, 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 do, what do the 10% do differently than what the others that may be struggling or don't see the value in relationship. Jody, what do you do to master that relationship with your customers and your vendors? What, like, what skills do you have? Well, I think, you know, at the end of the day, I don't see them as vendors or clients or you know, call it whatever term you want. I see them as, and I'm kind of sappy this way, but as friends. And my wife and I have this discussion all the time. She's a number cruncher. She's she's the person on the other side. She says, you're always an open book. And I said, that's what I want to be. I want people to know I really do care about you. And I know when my vendors succeed, I'm going to succeed. And I know when my clients succeed, I'm going to succeed. And I want to see them happy. And I want to make sure that their lives are as good as I can. I can help them be, and I just uh, I think really just stop this. Uh, you know, in the in the go getter book, there's always this win win uh, go giver. I'm sorry, the win win, and there's no such thing as win win. There's somebody always has to lose. Well, in in my life, if I have to lose a little bit to make sure my clients win or my my vendors win, I'm willing to do that because I know at the end of the day, I will have some sort of a success because of that. And I I think just. Again, I guess maybe I'm a, I'm a little emotional or sappy, but I am a salesperson, and that's what we're known for. That I, I really do see my clients as my friends, and I, I love taking them out for lunch or taking them to a sporting event or going out with them because it, it is. I can call any one of them, or they can call me, and I know at a, note, a minute's notice that we'll be there for each other. Well, that's a critical thing, and that's what the, the Never Get Alone book really covers is uh, 
is that. I mean, Jody, I, and I totally agree. I mean, yesterday was more of a friendship building day than a, a business day in Toronto. I mean, for me, anyways. But Mike, you know, when it comes to uh, you know skills and building relationships and all that, what do you do differently than say other people in, in the in the Twin Cities there? I'm very similar to Jody and just kind of adding on to what Jody was saying about, you know, how can you be a partner with a client if you don't know about them? I mean, too many salespeople's mentalities is, hey, I got to get the transaction. I got to get this deal. And, you know, they, they schmooze the client and they have no interest in, in what the client is. Ask the client about their life. Ask them about their wife or their husband. Ask them about their kids. Find out about their church. Find out what interests them in their life. And, you know, what you're going to find is this, just kind of what Jody was talking about. You know, your clients end up being your friends. And you, they will talk, you'd be surprised that they'll talk to you about things that are going on in their life because so few people actually make that effort. Um, and the other thing is, I mean, if you truly want to be, you know, and Jody and Steve and I have all talked about this before, if you really want to be a successful salesperson in a business and for any business that you work with, you've got to know... When, when you got to take that, I call it the law of yes, no, and maybe, and understanding when a client is that the best answer from a client is knowing yes, the second best answer from a client is no, and in fact, the worst answer to get from a client is maybe, because all you do is spin your wheels and spend a lot of time upsetting the apple cart for yourself, your internal uh, staff, as well as potentially uh, the relationship with the client by trying to hope and work and try to, you know, do an inordinate amount of time spending on something that's probably not going to ever happen. So my feeling on it is, my thoughts are on it, is you create that personal relationship with that client, you create those friendships, kind of like what Jody was talking about, and you, and you recognize in your relationship when it's going to be a yes, when it's going to be a no, and really try to get past those maybes. Great. Steve, anything to add there? It's all about that relationship. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, making sure that you maintain the contact and you have a good, solid relationship. Because if you don't have it, you're just another one of the people out in the field. So, I mean, we all, I think we all share that common uh, thing for uh, for relationships. Now, guys, one of the things that I've always struggled with, you know what, and downright I failed miserably, failed miserably at it. When we're talking on the thing on relationships, and you know, being a sales guy, always externally focused. Who, I man? I'm going to throw this out to the, the group here. Who wants to take the ball with this one and talk about having those relationship things that we do naturally ex- externally to our company, and and bringing that internally? So having those relationships with the techs and with all your staff. Uh, who wants to take the ball and talk about you know the importance of that as well? I'll take that one, Stuart. This Steve. Go ahead, Steve. You know, uh, I don't know, three or four years ago, somebody just told me, you know, you're such a great relationship builder with your customers. Why do you stink at it so bad internally? And I was like, <laughs> you know, I never thought about it that way. And, and and then I started thinking about, you know, I know there's in the inside sales department, but really this is inside sales to me is that, you know, part of my job has become to sell what it is we do every day as salespeople to the rest of the company inside. And so I guess, you know, it's just taking the same thing that I expect out of myself or my sales team and doing it internally. And no longer do you have those conversations, why didn't this get done? What's going on here? Pointing fingers. It's, hey, you know, we're working together. You know, and, and it's been amazing how it takes a long time to build that, I'll be honest with you. It was very long. 
but then once you get there, you have this trust factor is that, hey, you know, you want to go ahead and take care of that for me? Yeah, I'll take care of that for you. And then you just trust that they'll get it done. And so I think realistically we all have the skills to get it done. We just look at it wrong and we start, you know, treating in, internal people as, as, you know, differently than we do external people. So maybe it's as simple as just taking those same skills that we use externally and bringing them inside. I also think to add on to that is how do you view your employees? Or if you view your employees as assets, your mentality toward them is going to be completely different than if you view them as liabilities. Too often I talk to employers and they view their employees as liabilities. They're, they, they're here because I need them to fill a role rather than that they're bringing something to the organization. And the other side of it is you've got to be true to yourself. Too often you get this idea if you're a business owner or a manager that you've got to be something different than you are. And people see that, and they don't trust you because of it. So you have to be true to who you are. If you're a sales type of person that's emotional, like Jody was talking about, then that's the kind of manager you're going to be. And people, you know, you can try to be something other than who you are, but people are going to see right through it, and they're not going to trust you for it. You've got to be who you are. Well, you've got to be authentic, and that's one of the rules of the go-giver, right? right. It's the, you know, the, law of, the value of authenticity or something like that. I think that's how it goes. That's, uh, that's critical. Um, you know, guys, there's lots of things we can talk about here on, uh, you know, cracking the 10% and what, you know, the successful IT companies do. You know what, you know what the funny thing is? None of them, uh, none of the things we talked about yet are, you know, being the master of technology, being, you know, a Microsoft Gold Partner, having a small business special, being a SonicWall Gold Partner. I believe those things are right or uh, that are important. But it's funny, you know, uh, we haven't talked about that yet. And, you know, the importance, it's all been the people and the soft skills. Uh, it's, it's, that's kind of peculiar. And, like, I, mean, think, I would think like two years ago, we would probably start with the importance of, of, of vendor relation, vendor certifications and all that stuff. But, you know, Steve, how important is that certification with the vendors on, on the priority scale for you guys at Nextech? Um, I would agree with you that it was definitely a priority further back. Now, I want to be key here is that they're still important because they show value to both the vendor meaning that you've invested in them and to your customer to show that you kind of know what you're doing there. But, you know, we kind of had this shotgun effect is you were going to be just certified in everything. You know, we're going to be masters in everything we do. Well, that's just unrealistic. So I think the key is is maybe, you know, we don't focus so much on being certified. We focus on making sure that we're certified at the right places and the right, you know, right areas that we're going to use. Other than that, it has very little to do with what we do as a business. And, and Jody, what about from the HDF side? I mean, we, you know, you guys are big on the big on the vendor side, but you know, we haven't talked about certifications and all that other good stuff uh, yet with uh, from you guys. No, and and I I would agree with with uh, Steve that you know it, it is there is a point where it is important. I mean, and I think that goes back to the relationship you have with your vendors. You put trust in them, they put in trust in you, and part of that is getting certified so you understand their product and their solution sets and and able to go out and, and talk to the clients and, and install it properly. But with things changing so quickly, I think at the end of the day, the most important thing is just knowing that when you go talk to the clients, you're going to do the best for them that you can. Now, the problem is there are so many solutions out there that you will quickly become overwhelmed. And so what we found is you had to focus in, and, and the things that we focused on were 
pretty much industry standards of, of Microsoft, and, and we have a very strong relationship with HP and, and SonicWell. So we always talk that talk. And I'm willing to tell people, you know what, if I can't find the right solution for you, I will help you. I may not understand it, but I might have to bring one of my, one of my partners from my peer groups or, or somewhere else. I'll find the right solution for you, but these are the places I have to start because I only have a finite amount of knowledge that I can, that I can deal with. So, in uh, you know, understanding all that stuff, and I think we're all either Microsoft partners of some sort, or you know, SonicWell, WatchGuard, Lenovo, different different things. I just I was totally shocked that we never even talked about that until now, a forty some odd minutes into the into the show here, and that finally came up. The last thing I want to talk about, guys, is uh, the power of networking. And Jody, you and I kind of talked on that a little bit with some of the stuff we read in Keith Frazier's book and our you know our brief chat we had with him on the phone. What are you doing, Jody, uh, on the networking side? Uh, and I'm not talking about the cable network. I'm talking about human networking. What are you doing to, uh, you know, differentiate yourself as a person, and then the impact that it has on, on HTS uh, in the, in the Des Moines Ames uh, area there? What are you What are you doing? What I've been doing, and, and you know, this is something that it's it's morphed because in the beginning when I moved over here, I've been over in this area for about three and a half, four years, it was, uh, I think Steve used the term shotgun approach. I got involved in everything so I could meet people, and I wanted my name out there, and I wanted people to know of HTS. But as time has gone on, you've got to focus in. You've got to find what what you're excited about and what's the best for the company and, and focus in on those things, and, and maybe you're going to have to say no to more and more things. And I think that's when people really start appreciating that, you say no because, and Mike said too, that the worst thing you can hear from a, a client is maybe, well, the worst thing you can do is say, yes, I'll do something as a, as a chamber member or, or as, a, as a member of some organization, but really not give the, the 100% that you should to that organization. So instead of giving 15, 20, 50%, I tell them no now that I just don't have the resources. And what I try and do is help them find somebody to fill that spot so that they do have somebody for it. But I've really focused in on, on, and mainly it's centered around chamber events and other organizations that my, my clients are members of that I, I try and go to and, and network and make sure that they know who I am and support. And, and Steve, you mean, you've got a, such a wide geography in Western Cancer. How do you get out there and meet people in the community? It's definitely difficult. Um, I mean, we have to utilize a lot of marketing things that we do, you know, whether it be chamber or commerces. Uh, but, you know, referrals are, are by far the best. Um, you know, they're qualified. You have somebody to reference back to of the quality of service that you've provided. You already have an existing relationship. It's no longer any kind of a cold call. It's definitely warm. And so, I, you know, by, I would say that the majority of the success we have is based on real referrals. And the key to that is you have to ask. Most people, if they're satisfied, will be glad to give you a referral. In fact, most of the time they become your your number one spokesperson. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, creating raving fans is what we want in our businesses, don't we, uh, guys? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah. So the last thing we all wanted to talk to you about was, you know, blogs. Because, you know, I mean, we all got big blogs, big, well, I would say big blogs, but we all got blogs going on out there. And the importance of reaching out to, uh, you know, you can reach out to connect with potential customers or your vendors, with the community, all this stuff. 
Steve, you know, you're probably of all the three, you're probably the veteran of the three. Uh, what are you know? What are you doing? What are you using your blog for? Uh, has it has it worked? Is it a tool that connect with your employees? What's the purpose behind uh, the Steve Riot blog? I think the purpose is just it's human. It's who I am that day. It's what I'm thinking that day. I mean, clearly there's a lot of it that's business based, but you know, I think last week, you know, I talked about going to a Chiefs game. There's no business to the Chiefs game. I think the point is, is that a lot of times, you know, we we tend to get this mechanicalized. A robot-like opinion of the people that work for our companies, and this blog is a way to say, hey, we're just normal people out there too, and you know, uh, hopefully to show that we're a quality person that they're dealing with, and that we deal with a lot of the same issues. And, and I think again, it brings this human interface to a corporate, you know, thing that's usually out there. And so that's what I use mine for. Is it's just a way to keep in touch. Plus, you know, I mean, a lot of people just like to read it to, to see what's going on. Uh, you know, I, I know that even my parents read it and go, gee, I didn't know that you did that in your job. And my wife, you know, in the past, you know, people ask her, well, what's your husband do? I don't know, something with computers. You know, now she's got this better feeling of what it is I do on a day-to-day basis and some of the things that we deal with on, on a day-to-day basis. And it's really allowed people that are outside of the industry get a really good grasp on what it is that we we do do in this industry we do do and Steve, what's your uh what's the address of your blog uh that's uh steve riot.com uh s-t-e-v-e-r-i-a-t great so jody you just uh you just started a blog not too long ago uh what's the purpose behind uh your blog really it's just to put things down um i i, I tend to get stuck when I'm thinking about something and I have to write it down, and it's a good place for me to write it down. And just so, kind of like Steve said, so other people know who I am, whether it's internal or even my wife, she says, wow, I, I've learned a lot from you just reading your blog. And it's just a place to put my thoughts and put them out there for people to comment on because while I, I value you and, and Steve and Mike and, and there are lots of other people, Arlen included, and their input, this is something where people who may not know me as well as you guys do, can call me and, or email me or comment and, and kind of give their their thoughts on it also. And your blog, is that what, Jody? I was just looking it up because, you know, thoughtsfromthesalesguy.blogspot.com. So I mean, recommend visiting Steve and Jody's blog and also Mike's. And uh, I think, Mike, you'll see a common theme here coming, uh, coming around from all of our blogs. But, Mike... Uh, your blog is pretty much the same idea as what the other ones have been. Uh, is that correct? Yeah, mine's more, uh, mine's newer uh, than the other guys. Um, for me, it's been primarily uh, personal thoughts, uh, spiritual beliefs, um, some business applications that I put out there, and it is kind of like an online journal of your thoughts for the day. And it's a it's a great tool to have. So people can who know you or who don't know you very well can get a better understanding of really where your thoughts and your and your uh, and your beliefs are in the world. And your blog's at what, Mike? MichaelFosinski.blogspot.com. And of course, mine, you know, mine at StuartCrawford.com is the exact same thing. It's just a place for me to go ramble about things. And Jody, I don't know if Keith mentions it in his book, uh, you know, Never Eat Alone book, but he talked about it at uh, at a seminar here in Calgary few weeks ago 
that are the blog really needs to be a way that you can you know let your customers know that you're human and uh and I like what Steve's done and I've done and I think I I I'm going to encourage you guys Mike and Jody to do this as well is to register your domain name you register your name as a as a domain and you, and uh and you like I think people are going to search for people by name now I think more than other things but Jody did, did Keith mentioned that in his book about the importance of making your blog be just like what the four of us are doing. No, no, and I and I think the 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 book was written kind of before blogs were really out there very much. Okay, so but the important thing, the, the what the four of us are doing with our blogs is really to let the our our customers and our employees and everybody that we deal with know that we're uh, no, we're just human after all, and I mean. I know for me, I check I check my stats once a day or so. You know, I get a lot of people from Microsoft.com, SonicWell.com, Dell.com reading my blog, and I know a lot of them are my vendor reps and my partners that are just want to know, hey, this guy does actually have a human side after all. So let's go around the table one more time here and just you know for closing comments about you know cracking the ten percentile. And again, it hasn't been much about technical know-how and all this other stuff. Michael, maybe we'll spin it over to you guys. You guys first there in the in the cities there. Any closing comments? Any last minute remarks? You seem to be good uh, at those, by the way. So let, I just want to go you go go with you first. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, well, I'm more of a sales oriented guy than any than than most. So I would really say if you want to crack the 10 percent, have an appropriate sales plan in place, following a marketing plan, keep true to yourself. And then really allow the customers to get to know you and get to know your customers. And you're going to create those partnership relationships which will last for years and not just a transaction. Great. And over to you, Steve. Well, you know, I guess I had a couple of things. Is, you know, first of all, you know, what we do is technical, but when we're selling, it's not technical. It's about solutions. It's about other people's business. You know, it's all about relationships and references and making sure we leverage those. Marketing, you know, you have to have a marketing plan. You can't just wing it. And then trust, you know, I know that, you know, it's key to trust people around what you do, and clearly people sometimes have to earn that if they've abused it. But you have to, in general, trust people because otherwise you're going to tax too much on the relationships. And then the last thing is is just do what you said you're going to do. Set those expectations, and if you told them you were going to do it, you have to do it. I, I totally agree. And, Jody, any closing remarks from you? Wow, I don't know if I can add anything to those two, but I would just say, you know, building that relationship and, and it being as real as you can be. I mean, at the end of the day, you, you should be the same person in front of a client as a vendor as, as your spouse or significant other. You, it shouldn't be something where uh, you're, you schmooze on one hand and then you go home and you're a completely different person. Oh, I totally concur there, my friend. For those that were at ConnectWise know that I totally opened up on our Go-Giver talk about the importance of not leading a double life mm -hmm. and that, how that came to burn me a few years ago. So I totally agree there. Gentlemen, I want to uh, thank you very much for uh, taking time out of your day to, to come and do this. It's very, it's, I'm very appreciative of your time and, and uh, what you guys bring to, to the market here in, uh, you know, in the small business IT community. I welcome if you want to if you have a question for Steve or Jody or Mike email us at info at smallbusinessitradio.com we'll make sure that uh, your questions uh, end up over there and we can see we can address them I just want to let you know what we got on the slate here coming up uh, on our show 
Uh, next uh, Friday, uh, we have the, uh, a good discussion on after-hour support. And uh, I kind of titled, let's open this can of worms, because after-hour support is uh, something that a lot of us are struggling with, and we're going to have uh, uh, who's on their show. We have Jeff Wood from Wood Networks, Jeff Anderson from Bulletproof Networks, myself, and a few others are going to be joining us to talk about what they're doing after-hour support-wise. In two weeks' time, we're going to have uh, Jan Spring from eFolder on and uh, Laura Stewart from Garden Angel Computer Services talking about uh, protecting uh, data or preventing data disasters with eFolder. And then uh, a few weeks down the road, we have Carl Palachuk, Amy Babichuk, and a few others coming on to talk about being professional as SMB consultants and a number of other great programs uh, in, on, in the works or, are coming down, around, especially around Microsoft Software Post Services, Office Live, Small Business, that just was released here in Canada yesterday. A number of great things uh, on, the, on the schedule. So visit our website at uh, smallbusinessitradio.com. Drop us an email at info at smallbusinessitradio.com. If you want to give me a ring, uh, it's area code 403-710-4357 is my direct line. You can reach out and talk to me at any time. And I encourage you to go visit all of our panelists' blogs and uh, you know, sign up for their RSS feeds. Some great, great material there. And, of course, uh, mine at stuartcrawford.com. Steve's is uh, sriot.blogspot.com or steveriot.com. Jody's is thoughts from the sales guy.blogspot.com. And Mike, so Mike, Michael Fusinski at .blogspot.com. So uh, feel free to check out their blogs. Uh, you can all get you get to every one of their blogs off mine if you need to catch those URLs. So, guys, thank you very much once again, and I wish you all a successful week, and we'll talk to you all uh, next week here on Small Business IT Radio. <laughs>